the guy who played Cooch, who also played Jake Ryan. Yeah, in, uh, Michael Shoffling. Yeah. His performance in this movie is really is good. light years better than Jake Ryan. Yeah. And I almost feel like Jake Ryan ruined his career. He was flat. He was flat as the romantic lead, but as the secondary player in this movie, I thought it was incredible. So I'll argue in 16 Candles when he's talking to Anthony Michael Hall. It's Anthony Michael Hall that makes that. I get. I know what scene you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the like martinis it's, and all. It's not okay. Jake Ryan. Think of it this way. How many people could you see being a lot Jake of people? A, a lot. lot of people. Yeah. How many people could you see being Cooch? Not many. Not many. I think Sean Penn would have done a good job. I agree. Yeah. And I think Robert Downey Jr. could have done a good job. Ooh, that would have been good. And Tough ju- turn and, for and Robert. Think Downey about Jr. who we just named. Yeah. Think about yeah. who we just named to be Cooch, and now go back to Sixteen Candles. Yeah. The, I mean, and anybody could do that. Yeah. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few. Then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, I'm on a vision quest today. You are? I am. All right. I want to go out there and make my mark. And the best way to do that is to get the best loan possible. So I have lots of extra money to pay for the team of doctors it will require for me to make 168 because that is not going <laughs> to happen. Sonic Loans, the place to go if you're looking for a mortgage, whether it's a brand new home, whether it's a refi, if you are in the market for a mortgage, Sonic Loans is the one-stop shop. Whatever the percent is that's out there, they're going to get you lower. Reach out to Charlie and his team, and they are a team. It's a team atmosphere that they're to make sure that the process is painless, good old painless, if you know what I mean, and they are going to take care of you from start to finish. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Reach out to Charlie at Sonic Loans today, and you are going to have the best experience you've ever had. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation call 248-595-0001. There's nothing that I hate more 
than when I'm working in the garage and the used car salesman gives a clunker to a beautiful young lady and she comes back and she wants me to fix it and I'm so angered by it. say, Boddicker! And I, 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 <laughs> and I just punch someone in the face. And then my son comes over, says, what'd you do? And I'm like, take her to get some food, kid. But I think the point well, that I'm trying legal to make, advice. you need legal <laughs> advice. You go to Bolton Legal Group. Ian and his team of lawyers, they're energetic, efficient. They work everything. High school wrestling law, elder law, because you've been sent to the woods to get your grandpa and bring him home. <laughs> Whatever you need, they're going to take care of you. I cannot express how important bird law is, too. If you want to get a takedown or an escape point on the mat of life, yeah. get Bolton Legal Group. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Reach out to them today and get ready to win. Win by fall. Today's episode, Vision Quest. There are some sports movies that follow the formula. Scrawny, picked-on teen Daniel LaRusso meets his mentor, Mr. Miyagi, and uses sports to overcome the fish-out-of-water, coming-of-age, get-the-girl storyline. Underdog Cleveland Indians pull an amazing turnaround and upset, win over their fans, win over their city, and make a run at the title. Teen athlete discovers he's a werewolf, uses the performance-enhancing advantage, which no one seems to question or have an issue with, and in the end, just acts like himself to win the game. Win in the end! But just because a formula is used doesn't mean the movie can't be more than the formula. Sometimes the sum of the parts is bigger than the whole. And that describes the 1985 movie, Vision Quest. This movie was so much more than the formula. And today on Buzz in the Tower, we're going to gush about the most underrated sports film ever made. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me on my Vision Quest is my spirit guide, Max Sanders. And with that, Last week, I turned 44. I wasn't ready for it. I haven't done anything yet, so I made a deal with myself. This is the year I make my mark. You stole my line. I was going to say that and be all emotional and be excited, and you took the best line in the entire... It's Whoa, like, easy with the best line in the entire movie. It's like you took uh, Robin Williams' line from Goodwill Hunting. He took oh, my, when he, he says, Good morning, Goodwill Hunting! No, he had to go see about a girl. Got to go see about a girl. Yeah. You know, I took my line. You know that was improvised? I do. Yeah. Oh. You know you know what else was improvised? What? Win <laughs> in the end. The guy just with his giblets in uh, Teen Wolf. Yeah, the Max. Can on. I say that? No, just fine. Why do you need to say any of it? Because really that's the one of the best There's parts of the 80s. It's not the best part. It's close. Can we start Top five. Can we start over now. Maybe top. Maybe four things better than that. Ready? In the 80s. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> New Coke. <laughs> Yo-yos. How excited are you? So excited. How excited? This is my. Use your words. Slow down. <sighs> Be a big boy. Use your words. Okay. This is my second favorite 80s movie that just came out of nowhere and just slapped me across the face because I had no idea what I was expecting with this. I was like, so to be clear, yeah, this is your second favorite. I didn't know about this, or this is your actual second favorite 80s movie, because oh. you just made a lot of statements. And Sorry, I'm sense. very excited. I know that. I'm not so mad. I'm, it, I'm clarifying. It's in my top five. Top five. Yeah. Okay, so just so we're clear. Yeah. Vision Quest is in your top five 80s movies. Yes. Got it. And it's my second, I can't believe. You can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, where did this gotcha. come from? This is so fun. What's your number one? Inner Space. <laughs> you say it a weird way. Everybody else says inner space, and you go, inner space. Well, it, it throws me off because it should be two words, and it's one word, so I try to say it fast. You should be two words, and you're one word. Max Sanders. Max Sanders. Max <laughs> Sanders. <laughs> My full name's good. Maxwell Lewis Sanders. They so, call me Loudon. So I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. I meant what I said in the intro. This is the single most underrated 
of all time, not just in the 80s. This is the single most underrated sports film ever made. Yeah. With that being said, if this is your first time to the show, welcome. If you have not yet, please subscribe. I, this is such a rough transition. I got everybody excited and jumped right into this, but I had to do it that way. Get them excited about subscribing. Subscribe. Same energy. Win in subscription. <laughs> uh, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you listen to. Give us some stars, some reviews. It feeds us. We're Max and I are both narcissists, and we need this to live. And you know what? When we talk about the Patreon, too, if 10 people subscribe to Patreon on the Maverick level... Me and you will reenact the shoot Loudon wrestling match. The full thing. The full thing. Jesus Christ. Isn't it wouldn't that be that'd be ridiculous? We'd both be so injured and gassed. Yeah. I how about this? I will give you a twig to put over your shoulders and walk up and down the bleachers and you can be shoot. And uh, no, we're not gonna do any of that. Gonna make weight? No, not gonna make weight. I can tell you right now, that ain't gonna happen. We'll reenact the weight scene and we'll just not I'm it. how about like I'll reenact the dancing at the bar and we just gotta get Madonna there. Max, we're all over the map. Let's okay. get back to Sorry. business here. It's okay. <laughs> In addition to following and subscribing, please check us out on social media at any platform, TikTok, the Facebook, yeah, we're blowing the, the up. Twitter. We're all over the place. At Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, the Tower. Go to our website, buzzinthetower.com, where you can get officially licensed singlets, wrestling singlets. Uh, Buzz in the Tower. Wear for Easter. Wear beautiful. them to Easter. I wouldn't wear them to Easter, but you can wear them. <laughs> happy Easter in case uh, well, we won't talk to anyone. Yeah, happy Easter. I'll throw That's it out Jesus's today. bar mitzvah? That's the story of the magical rabbit who brought eggs to Jesus for the Last Supper. Oh, that's nice. I think. I could be wrong. Do they have eggs? I don't know what's on the table. Not going to have to check. I don't know. I know there's ham. I'm not a big ham guy. but Yeah, why is ham an Easter thing? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. Ham, I'll I'll argue this all day. I love bacon. Yeah. Ham is the C plus of all meats. I'm with you. It's just there. It's good. So thinly sliced ham. Yeah. On like a ham, like a ham sandwich. Or a honey baked ham. No, I don't. You don't like? Is it it a Cadbury ham? What what do we got here, Honey baked ham. I need you. Yeah. To really take a deep breath. Yeah. What about you, a rum ham? Like a, a nice rum ham? You, you worked a set. <laughs> rum ham! I exactly what you were talking about. Oh, man. Can we go one week without talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? That's the I can't question. because it amuses you no it's matter the, what. I love it. It's my favorite show. Yeah. All right. Now that all that's taken care of, Patreon.com. Max Sanders, we got ourselves a new Patreon. We do. He is waiting to buzz the tower. Should we let him in? Yeah. Let's do it. Sorry, Goose, but it's time to buzz the tower. You have the whitest white part of the eyes I've ever seen. Do you floss? <laughs> What's that from? It's from Hot Shots. Okay. Because, part two? Or? No, from, from the first one because I've ran out. We have literally quoted every single quotable line from uh, from Hot Shots, from Top Gun. So now when we get new patrons and they come in, I'm going out of the 80s. I'm going to Hot Shots, and I'm going to start quoting Hot Shots. Okay, I That's like it. That's the only thing I can think yeah. of to do. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with what the Patreon is, the Patreon.com. Patreon, say it right. If I said it, it's fine. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower, where you can join our crew of merry men and merry women for as little as $3 a month. You get behind-the-scenes content, you get access to polls, not the kind you dance on, but the kind that you you know ask ask questions and give results on. I'd be a terrible stripper. <laughs> you would be your. Who would be a worse stripper? I don't know. I feel like if we got some liquor in us, you've got Pete Davidson eyes, so that yeah. could do something. And, and the, the tattoos, movie. the tattoos. Oh yeah, could you would, they pay extra for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
full conversation this is. So anyways, <laughs> join this our- This is pa- what I want our no, podcast to be. This is 100%. Yeah. You want us talking, you want us debating for an hour about who would be a better exotic yeah. dancer yeah. is the professional term. I'd be seven feet tall in, oh, in stilettos. I, you wouldn't be able to walk three feet to the stage in stilettos. You have the grace of a swan on life support. Yeah, baby giraffe. There you go. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Max. Yeah. The Patreon is the best way to support the show, and when you join, you get all types of cool stuff. We have many co-pilots. Today, we're welcoming another one. Our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight from last week, AJ, after I left a stern message on our podcast that he should purchase stuff for his kids and or become a Patreon, actually listened to my threat and has joined us, and he is our newest patron. Yeah. Came in hot as an Iceman, the $5 a month level. My uh, favorite. I'm not surprised. That's kind of his style. So excited to have AJ as one of our co-pilots. Welcome to the crew. For the rest of you out there, you bums, get out there and join our Patreon. You put your hand out. Max, for God's sake. You're supposed to go like I itched my nose. I itched my (laughs) nose, Max. That wasn't your signal. So to AJ and all of our patrons across the land, from Max and I, a sincere thank thank you. you. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Uh, Saunders. Thanks. Matt Mardigan. What? Thanks. God. Thanks. Ren, thank you for, uh, thank you. <laughs> Why didn't you say it? I don't know. Back to the show, Max. Come on. You have time for water? We're recording. Put your water down. Okay. Jesus. We got vision quests to where's talk your, about. Where's your tiny Coke? Where's your tiny Coke? <laughs> where's your head? Where's your head? Where's your brain? <laughs> Well, we're going to have to do yeah. something. I can't show up there in your piece of crap car. <laughs> hey, I'm jealous of your piece of crap car. I don't even have a piece of crap. Yeah, I think that I'm pretty sure no one can hear you when you whisper into a microphone. But good. It's good work. It's good recording. Are you watching Succession? No. I, you, you and I have talked about this. I don't watch Succession. Okay. You should. It's like, it's like the best. You should humor. watch Succession. I do. Good. Keep watching it. Keep watching it. <laughs> I feel like saying that we're excited is an understatement. This is a, a treasured film. By I've been both begging of us. you for years. Years. Yeah. I mean, we can say that now. We've been doing this podcast almost years, three years. Three years. years. Nine times. Nine times. I've uh, asked a lot. Not, I, I put it in there too. I, I put like five or six movies. I'm like, Vision Quest, maybe? <laughs> At the end, I'm like, come on. Come on. Pick it. And this time I just went for it. 1985, this movie, Vision Quest, came out. A high school wrestler in Spokane, Washington has trouble focusing on his training regime when a beautiful young drifter takes up temporary residence at his home. That explanation of this movie is hot garbage. Shame on IMDb. Yeah, really, it's not great. It doesn't explain. They what usually this movie do is a about. really good job. This is a coming of age movie about a young athlete who challenges himself to do the impossible, and while on that journey to do the impossible, aka lose twenty eight pounds and wrestle two classes below him against the best wrestler in the state. Shoot. He also meets a 21-year-old drifter who he falls in love with and loses his sweet virginity to. He does. And also, it's it's about being like a little different, a little weird, and being okay being kind of a loner and being by yourself. It, like someone said, John Irving said the... Am I getting too far into No, this? go, go, okay. go. So John Irving said this was the best book about coming of age since Catcher in the Rye, because it's based on a book. Yep. And... I don't think Terry I Davis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out Terry Davis, who's in the movie, by the way. I know. Mustache. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You ruined it. That's one of your facts? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump right to that fact. At the last scene of the movie yeah. when Shoot is wrestling against Loudon, in the stands when you see uh, Loudon's dad and grandfather, next to them is also- No, the, it's next to Mr. Tannerman. It's the- Oh, am I wrong? Yeah. Right, well, the scene that you get the fact. You yeah. You clean my facts up. And he looks so out of place. You're like, what's this dude with uh, an 1815 mustache <laughs> and a jean jacket, a Canadian tuxedo? He's doing? an Artur. Yeah. There you go. But- I don't know. There's something. Loudon is like 
I was weird in high school, but I wasn't confident about my weirdness in the way he is. He's okay being like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about my life, but I'm confident in what I believe. Like, he wants to be a outer space doctor or a female lady parts doctor. And You can say gynecologist. That's okay. like not an inappropriate word. Okay, cool. <laughs> That, I, don't know. I love how, like, that is the thing that I have to tell you it's okay to say. A female yeah. lady part doctor. He's just so confidently weird and kind of confused and curious and open. And I don't know. There's something about him that I just, I instantly related to and I hadn't seen it on screen before. I like, I like everything you said. I agree with. Yeah. Let me, let me cut to the chase on why this movie is so special. Okay. It, it really resonates quite a bit with Roger Ebert's review of this movie. Three and a half stars, right? Y- yeah. And, even more to that, he taught, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to just read his entire um, his entire review, but one of the points that he made in his review is how all of these movies are very formulaic. Yep, and just because they're formulaic doesn't mean that it's necessarily not good. And each character in this movie stands alone as being so unique and well spent. Well spent time. It's not just someone's there to hold space. No, this like, doesn't feel like a wrestling mo- movie. It's a moment in time because you're not sure even if Loudon's like life is going to go in the wrestling direction. You know what I mean? This is just something he had to do to prove to himself. And it's kind of like the world around him, you get encapsulated in everybody. I think it also speaks to that feeling that we all have. We're trying to create definition of our life. We're trying to create our legacy. Like, who are we? What are we doing? The fact that he was able to do that his senior year and and remember he only started wrestling a year before that yeah he like, still he still had hay in his hair exactly hay in it like that it's good it's good uh the okay. i found this on the web for his senior year only started wrestling a year before that yeah he's still he said he in his hair check it out sorry i hate your computer i, I didn't touch anything did you say Siri or something? No. Oh. I don't know what I said, but your computer apparently thought I said Siri. Yeah. But I have Siri on my phone and my watch, and mine didn't do it, so Zach Sanders' computer <laughs> ruined my mojo. I guess the podcast is over. <laughs> no. Um, before we jump into facts about this movie, I have a statement that I really think, for because I know how you feel about this other movie, and I think you're going to love this. Okay. I think this is the best way, to a lover of 80s movies, this is the best way to explain this movie. Some kind of wonderful is to Pretty in Pink what Vision Quest is to the Karate Kid. Oh, interesting. I like that. It's got the same kind of, yeah, it's like, it's more... I love the Karate Kid. It's more open and less like, it's more serious and real. And, and I, don't, I, I, I kind of, I, I'm not always a big fan of using the word serious because I think serious doesn't give credit to what this movie is. I think instead there's grit and depth to all the characters. And that's what I love about Some Kind of Wonderful. Some Kind of Wonderful is my unequivocal favorite teen romance movie. Interesting. I didn't know that. And, oh, unquestionably. Yeah. I like what, what what's it going up against? 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink. I, I, I like I hate it more than you. all those. Well, yeah, yeah, I like that movie, but some some kind of wonderful has it's interesting. I would think that you'd feel the same way because the exact same way that I look at Loudon is the exact same way that I look at Keith, uh played by Eric Stoltz yeah. in Some Kind of Wonderful. He's this unique outcast who's comfortable being a unique outcast. Yeah. He he's striving for something special. For him, Amanda Jones is his shoot. Right? Like his making a defining moment, being bigger than just some kid who's going to grow up and go to art school and save money because his dad wants him to go to college. His crystallizing moment is that he's going to get Amanda Jones. Yeah, he wants a pinner. Right. <laughs> it's great man. Under 2 minutes. You like it's not about the 6 minutes. <laughs> what happened in those six minutes it's good yeah it's really nice. no, no look sometimes i got nothing to add you played that really well it's incredible because 
you you consistently make not very good jokes. Yeah. But I will tell you once in a while, yeah. you get, you know when you got me to. Yeah. You, you're so proud of yourself when I have to pull myself away from Hercules, the mic. Hercules, Hercules. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Hercules. <laughs> so good. But I think that's what I love about this movie is that I love the Karate Kid. I love what Daniel LaRusso does. But in this movie, at every phase Loudon is so comfortable being unique. Yeah. And that, and I think you, I know why you love this movie. I always, if I, I at first was so stunned by your romance with this movie, but I totally get it because you always felt so awkward and out of place all really all through your whole life. Still, but specifically I, on the dance floor today, I know, but yeah. specifically in high school, yeah. like you really felt out of place. So to watch this guy who is, Remember, at the beginning of this movie, he is the all-state best. I mean, he didn't win states, but he's the best in class at his weight. But he still eats alone at lunch. And he's not really embraced by the rest of the wrestling team. And he's a virgin. And he's a virgin. And his best friend is an English teacher. Yeah. And his second best friend is the school newspaper editor. So he's on the school newspaper. So he has this diversity. Instead of fitting into jock, not jock, band, football player, cheerleader. He seems to really span all of those. And you don't see that really in a lot of movies. No, he's a well-rounded character. And handsome as a devil. Yes, Absolutely. My God, the hair. Oh, my God. Matthew Matthew Modine. Can't wait to talk about his career because it's some fun stuff. It's weird, isn't it? It, And it is identical to Eric Stoltz in that regard. Like It's got this weirdness where like, I and and also I, I'm gonna jump for a minute because this I just have to get this out of my system. Yeah, the guy who played Cooch, who also played Jake Ryan, yeah, in, uh, Michael Shoffling, yeah, his performance in this movie it's really is really good, light years better than Jake Ryan. Yeah, and I almost feel like Jake Ryan ruined his career. He was flat. He was flat as the as the romantic lead, but as the secondary player in this movie, I thought he was incredible. So he's amazing in this, but I think I'll argue in Sixteen Candles when he's talking to Anthony Michael Hall. It's Anthony Michael Hall that makes that. I get. I know what scene you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the like martinis and it's, all. It's not okay. Jake Ryan. Let me let me think of it this way. Yeah. Let me because I think this is the best way to always determine how good a performance is. How many people could you see being a lot Jake of people? Ryan? A, a lot. lot of people. Yeah. How many people could you see being Cooch? Not many. Not many. I think Sean Penn would have done a good job. I agree. Yeah. And I think Robert Downey Jr. could have done a good job. Ooh, that would have been good. And Tough just, turn and, for Robert. And think Downey about Jr. who we just named. Yeah. Think about yeah. who we just named to be Cooch, and now go back to Sixteen Candles. Yeah. The, I mean, I mean, anybody could do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The dad scene when he's like, I'm not crying, man. Like that. I like that stuff. And even, even more than that, just, he's just, he's lovable. He's real. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I'm not even a Native American. The, the, the cool part about this movie is that I think it really shows what it's like to be in high school. So sometimes you get these riffs between people and that carries the whole movie, right? Yeah. So you've got Blaine in Pretty in Pink. Getting mad at his friend, uh, whose name is Steph. Escape. Steph, thank you. James Steph. Spader. Steph Curry, I apologize. Yeah. It's got an amazing outside shot. <laughs> Steph and Blaine, like they, they hate each other and it's so dramatic. But in this movie, you have people vacillate. They yeah, like, like, like Loudon first and Cooch don't like each other. And then Loudon and the big guy, uh, their 200 pound wrestler, who's yeah. like the, the head jock, whose yeah. name I can't think of. And then he goes up the pegboard. He's like, come on, man. And they're all on the same team. And that is does, what being a guy is like. Does that happen on football teams? Oh, did, yeah. Did you Not hate... on football teams, but wrestlers have those pegboards for no, sure. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't mean the actual thing. I mean, did you hate someone and then they like popped him and then you're like, yeah, I'm buddies I, with you for right now. Yeah, you know, like. Like it ebbs and flows. Yeah, I, I think, forget football. I think in general in high school and in also most male relationships, Everybody hates each other for about five seconds and yeah. then they're fine. Yeah, sure. And that's that to me is kind of what's fun about this movie. I call it the most underrated sports film ever. I think that had a couple things going against this. It opened the same day as Breakfast Club. Yeah. That's a tough movie to go up against. 
Do you know how much this movie cost? I have no idea. No clue. Yeah. Couldn't find it anywhere? Yeah. Do a little research right now. I did, a ton, of re- I did a ton of research. I, I want, I'm want. i going to edit out how long it takes me, but I bet I find it in 10 seconds. Hold on. Try it. All right, Max. I spent three minutes and I got tired of looking. I told you. It looks like it grossed $13 million, which is not very much. No, it's stinky. Yeah. But I think- But it's rewatchability. The, I think there's a few things it had running against it. The first of which is, like I said, it opened the literally the same day as Breakfast Club. So it's kind of hard to compete against that. The second thing is, I love the title of this movie- but you make a risk when you give something a title that confuses people as to what it is. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, even I think Matthew Modine even said it sounded like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing is it's high school wrestling. It doesn't have that broad appeal no. as if you were doing a movie about cheerleading, about football. But it's like I, I think if this movie came out nowadays, it would do incredibly. Like think about like movies like Whiplash or Tar, where you take something very specific. And it's not many people know the world. They're like, hey, you're going to get invited into this world. And what is it actually like? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I also think that there is a history of films. There's something about n- nostalgic and warm and fuzzy about films that failed in the box office and live on stronger. Yeah. Now. Like, and I know that probably doesn't make anybody feel all that great that made it 35 years ago. I'd rather have a cult classic movie than a hit that no one remembers. Well, like Labyrinth, right? Like Jim Henson's family, when they were interviewed about Labyrinth, it was one of the most heartbreaking things in the world for him that it was a flop in the box office, but he lived long enough to see that become a cult classic. Yeah. And that like changed how he felt about the film industry in general. So I think vision quest kind of fits in that mold. I call it the most under underrated. Maybe I should just call it the most underappreciated. There you go. Because no, people I, people do love it. I, I, Although I asked four people for the guest spotlights, and, and they're like, it. they're like, what is this? It's a niche movie. Yeah, it's a, I, I, it's absolutely a, a niche niche movie. But, yeah. Um, all right. So we'll talk about some facts. We'll talk about the characters. But you know, what do you think the biggest reason I love this movie is? Linda Florentino. No, that's oh. close though. Oh, yeah. uh, the the what, music. The music. Yeah. This. The, soundtrack it rocks so it hard it's pure bang yeah pure bang uh you want to go through it well let's not do the soundtrack first let's talk about the oh, movie first okay. i know I'm, I'm teasing you max <laughs> i apologize there's not a ton of facts so you and i will have a little bit of crossover but i'm curious to see what you came up with what did you come up with when well, talking about this movie max? linda florentino's first audition right out of drama school you are correct yeah and she's great she's wonderful i really think she, like that's what as an 18 year old you're like this <laughs> i'd like this she crushed it yeah uh and there's something fun about her where you're interested in her story again she's not just a vehicle to move the story forward no she exists on her own you kind of like and dig what she's into she's got some attitude she's got some amazing lines like yeah. when they're in the bar and uh and Loudon's like this isn't a place for an artist and she's like well maybe one night i could just be a chick like what a great line yeah what an amazing line yeah um, or kick his butt at the end i i think i'll quote ebert i told you i wasn't going to read his whole thing but i love how he said this all of the characters are written directed and acted just a little differently than we might expect they all have small roles, but they don't think small thoughts. Oh, I thought that yeah. was put very well. Yeah. Like his dad, like you want to know more about the relationship and like what happened with his mom, how he's so angry and his dad's so forgiving. You know what I mean? Like they give you tidbits of it. Yeah. Or Mr. Tannerman, like maybe he was going to play NBA basketball. Like and, and they, they allowed something that I think a lot of movies don't do. They don't trust the audience. So they force feed the entire story to the audience. So mm. we don't have to have a whole scene revolving around the explanation of Loudon's mom. Yeah, true. Yeah. We just have to have one blow up about him, the dad bringing it up. Yeah, and, just walks and, off of the table. And by the relationship that you see between Loudon and his dad, yeah. a.k.a. Dick Jones from RoboCop, you can see it and that's enough for you. And I think they do that with all of the relationships. It's kind of cool. Like, you know... Loudon loves Mr. Tanneman. Yeah. Like that's that like everybody should have that one teacher in their life. And it's great that he has the guy from inner space and inside moves. So, you know, Bruce, we had on the show. Yeah. 
all SMA wrestler. He was really good. Yeah. Really good. Well, he's got that craziness. He does. That's a good point, too. Wrestlers are out of their mind. Well, I mean, looking at the training in this movie, like, and it's so cool that Matthew Modine, it's him the whole time. Yeah. He looks like a wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, his moves and, like, the train, the, like, the bear crawls they're doing yeah. or, like, the game of, like, Duck, Duck, Goose they're playing. The reason they have to train like that is because they have to abuse themselves yeah. at a physical level that prepares them for what's that six minutes of just absolute. Think of, there's no other sport out there. No. But think, like, I, as a football player, you know, football is my jam. Like, you go hard for like 10 seconds. Start and stop. And yeah. then you stop and yeah. catch your breath. In wrestling, you are contract, your <laughs> muscles are contracted for. And you're by yourself. There's oh nothing else to do. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And that's also, I, I think it's almost the perfect movie for that analogy, right? This whole movie is about the journey, the vision quest, the making your mark in life, the individual path. And there is no sport that highlights that quite like wrestling yeah i totally agree but there are some inconsistencies and incongruities i heard but like where the ref hole has his little markers on his arm the way he calls the points but it, overall i think i used to be big into watching wrestling all my friends were wrestlers yeah it's pretty good it's, yeah they do a pretty nice job about that it doesn't it doesn't ruin the movie especially because there are so few diehard wrestling fans out there that aren't wwe or whatever it's called nowadays do you love wwe though I, when i was a kid i loved wwe i was actually gonna invite you i think i'm gonna go to Royal Ro- uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go to Royal Rumble this year. I knew what you meant. I just wanted to. You want to come with me? No, I'm good. Be a booker eater for a day. I really don't like hanging out with you outside of the podcast. I know. I've tried. Yeah, you do. You try every week. I do. I say no. Yep. But I keep trying. You invited me to Vegas. I did. I have again point out the last two episodes have been exceptionally nice and have been nice so far this episode. Yeah, you're doing great. Trying. How's it feel? It's killing me slowly. Yeah. You want to hear a little fun fact? Sure. At Loudon's first match, the high school band played at Loudon's. No, 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 no. We keep it. It blandly played the song from Return of the Jedi. I know that fact. You yeah, down the right Ewok now. theme. Me, 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 me. Yeah, because he's lost weight. He's That's so right. small. He's a little tiny guy. Yeah. Oh, Max. <laughs> Max Sanders. What? Kurt Angle's favorite wrestling movie. You know, <laughs> we love, I want to I shift real quickly. I know I keep on going back to this larger topic, but I love Rocky. The first Rocky, if I'm ranking my favorite sports films of all time, it's hard to not make a case for the first Rocky. I go Rocky Four, But for different reasons. Yeah. For rewatchability. When's the last time you want you fired up Rocky? Oh God, maybe a month ago. Oh really? Oh yeah, I watch it. I watch it wow. once every That first two hour or three just months. takes a while for me. But I don't mind it. Yeah. And so I always think of this is why I think Vision Quest is so underappreciated. Vision Quest is like Rocky. Yeah, I can see. Because it's a it's a story and it's quirky and it's not chuck filled with action. And it takes you to this emotional release. place. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's it's Great got music. that feel to me. Yeah, yeah, amazing music, right? No, I I think that's that's for me at least where I where I get my feel, if you will, from it. I like it. So fact wise, fact wise, Vision Quest features the first cinematic glimpse of Madonna. Yep. So this is also kind of serendipic timing. She had not really burst onto the scene yet, so they were really able to get her and have her just playing in a bar. She's young. She's very young. They changed the name of the movie from Vision Quest to Crazy for You. Crazy for You, which is her song. Yep. Both to capitalize on her popularity by the time this released, but also because they realized Vision Quest people didn't know what the hell that meant. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. Having her in the bar was kind of cool. Unnecessary. I didn't really do a whole lot for me. You didn't I, think it was cool? It's, I mean, it's 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 cool from a like, wow, that's kind of cool. But yeah. like, I could have lived without it. What's your favorite random, oh my God, this musician's in this movie kind of cameo? Oh, wow. Uh, did we, I think I mentioned this. Uh, was Oingo Boingo in um, Back to School? Back to School. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Morris Day in the Time in Jay Silent Bob one. Strike Back. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's Morris a good Day one. in the Mother Bleeping Time. Um, oh, wee, oh, wee, oh. God, what's another really good one? 
They don't, I, they I don't really do it. it. They, don't, they it. don't do it anymore. No. Yeah. But, the, like they used but to. in the 80s, it was like a big thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. So we talk about Terry Davis, who wrote the book, uh, and he was the mustache man next to Mr. Tannenman. Yeah. I, I screwed that up. That was my bad. I forgot. He was born in Spokane, and they filmed most of this in Spokane. And they used like real people as extras, and they used real spots in town. Like, you ever seen the movie The Town? No. With Ben Affleck? Nope. Seriously? Yeah. It's like the one of the coolest bank robbing movies ever. Nope. But uh, they use the same thing, like huh? people from the local area. So Vision Quest is a solitary vigil by an adolescent uh, American Indian boy to seek spiritual power and learn through a vision the identity of his usual animal or bird guardian spirit. Bird law. Bird law. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your spirit animal? Ooh. Bear? Ooh, that's a good one. I'd be a baby snow owl. You would be a baby seal. What? But they yeah. get beaten to death. Yeah. You'd yeah. be a baby seal for sure. A hyena. No, actually, I got it. I'd be a blue whale. Just big and kind of innocuous, but like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. You'd be a sloth. Yeah. Well, no, I, whales blow my mind because it's like. Whales blow my mind. Cause, go, Max. Go. <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. Run with it. Gigantic. No real predators. But like when humans start spearing them in like the 17th century, they're like, I don't know what to do. And they just die. Anyways, like, Max, how do we kill whales? Max, it blows on, my for, mind. For God's sake, Max. For God's sake. It's crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah. I go crazy for you. Yeah. Although, fun fact, a killer whale has never killed a human. Recorded, at least. Um, I know that to be false. 100% false. Look it up. Killer whales have killed multiple. Have you seen black, whatever, not black swan, the whole thing about. Yeah, Natalie the, Portman's great. No, not black. <laughs> all the killer whales in SeaWorld that kill people. Yourself. You haven't seen that? Uh, I mean, maybe in the wild. Okay, so you yeah. want to revisit that? Yes. Because I know for an absolute fact, killer whales, whales have killed people. Yeah. It's a good name. Killer whale. <laughs> of course they kill it. Have you ever seen the movie Orca? <laughs> no. Oh, dude. Orca. Is it about killer, killer whale? Orca is Jaws, like, uh, is a fever, <laughs> it's a fever trip about yeah. Jaws. Also, the in the movie Jaws, the name of the boat is the Orca. Okay. Uh, yeah. But you need to see Orca. Yeah, I'll watch it. Max, Orca is like, it, it's like a legit, horrible, terrifying movie. Is it an 80s movie? I'll give you just, no, I think actually it might, pre, it might be like in the late 70s. Orca in this movie. When did we get this? This guy, this guy <laughs> captures and kills a killer whale. Yeah. And while he's pulling it out of the water, the killer whale in question is pregnant and the baby killer whale falls out of the mother and dies. Yeah. And the husband killer whale watches the whole thing and the rest of the movie is <laughs> this is, is vengeance. So Joss 4. Yes. Yeah. But it's not cheesy. It's dark and like gritty and yeah. So back to Vision Quest. <laughs> You're the one who brought up yeah, whales yeah. and orcas. <laughs> directed by Harold Becker. All right. Before we go into who directed it and who acted in it, do you have any facts that exist outside of that? Because all of my facts really have to do with the characters that so were in it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, the wrestling mat that Shoot and Loud and wrestled on. Yep. One of the high school volleyball teachers, Buzzy Welch, took that mat and putting it when in. They dem- when they demolished the gym, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. he put it in his cabin. So now he has the Vision Quest cabin. That's really cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat, right? I like that. And lastly, I had one more thing. I had nothing. Okay, excellent. So a lot of nothing. Let me talk about the characters. Let's in this go film. commercial. It's not a commercial. It's a, it's a short break for some ads from our sponsors. After these messages, we'll be right, right back. back. What's, that, what's that from? Uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. But yeah, let's go to a break. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at weardolby.com. 
You notice that in Vision Quest, they had that extra room because uh, my understanding is that this woman's wife just destroyed his life and took the farm. And But when you've got extra space, extra rooms, that means that your real estate agent did something good when you first got into that house. And that's exactly what Loudon's dad did. Loudon's dad had Dobie Real Estate. Did you know that? I didn't. It's not true. But you can imagine <laughs> if it was, Dobie Real Estate's going to find you the perfect home. They're going to negotiate like hell to get you the perfect price. Or if you got to sell your house because you've decided to go on your vision quest and just leave everything behind, if you're just bailing and taking off, go to Dobie Real Estate. They're going to make sure that you get the absolute best price for your home. They've got the best representation, marketers, the best agents, the best legal. Reach out to them today. 400 million in sales in 2021, a thousand homes sold. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to have a great experience. Do you want to talk about music before we get into the characters? Yes. All right, let's talk about music. Because it rocks. It's it does. It's unexpectedly, and it starts with freaking Journey. Like when he's running on the over the bridge, that's not Journey. True. Not true. Only the young, right? It that's does not start with Journey. What what's it start with? The very beginning of the movie. Okay. When Loudon is on his jump rope in yeah. the gym. You hear the beginning of Red Riders, Lunatic Fringe. Okay. Then we go to Only the Young by Journey. Okay, got it. When he's jogging over, yeah. the, gym, over the bridge. And they, I think they play that two or three more times throughout the movie. Yep. But let me speak specifically to that song because I've got a very cool story about that song. So I love Journey. I think you know that. Everyone love loves Journey. Journey. I really love Journey. Born and raised in South Detroit. Journey comes out with their massive hit, Frontier. Yep. And around that time, the band starts falling apart. When they came out with Frontier, they came out with the song Only the Young. They shelved it. They didn't put it on Frontier. If you get Frontier now, the bonus track is Only the Young, but they had no intention of releasing it. It was basically on the shelf. Right around the same time, and I'm stretching on the dates, but I think around 82 or 83, they get a Make-A-Wish request. I think this is at like the beginning of Make-A-Wish even becoming an organization. I didn't even know it was around then. I think it just started. Yeah. So this kid, Kenny, wants to meet Journey. That's that's his Make-A-Wish dream. And they head out to visit him, and the band brings like a copy of their platinum record with signatures on it. They also brought him a 49ers helmet with uh, signatures from the team. And then inside the 49ers helmet, there was a Walkman, and inside the Walkman was only the young. He was really sick. So they got there, and, and it was very clear he was kind of at death's door. Mm. So they put the headphones on his ears, and they played only the young and his eyes just kind of welled and lit up, and there was just this moment. It was a very powerful moment. Like, oh my god! The whole yeah. the whole band. Yeah. Well, to an interview years after this, talked about how it was this solidifying moment where they realized everything in their lives were so petty, and the fighting and everything else. Just this was a big deal. It was actually so traumatizing that Steve Perry had to be taken to another room, and like nurses had to like come talk to him because oh he was my god. So it was unbelievably jarring, okay? So that, that song became very special to them because if you think about the song Only the Young, it really kind of aligns really well both with uh, Vision Quest and also with the situation with this kid, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny died later that day. And again, the song is like kind of special and sitting on a shelf. No one had heard the song really outside of the band and Kenny. Then shortly after, the someone who's working on the movie reaches out to Journey's people and says, hey, we'd like to license a song. What do you got? They give him Only the Young. And that's how Only the Young makes it on to the movie at this point they're all doing solo projects and then this journey song that song shoots up to number six on the charts journey gets back together and they start touring and doing stadium tours and now this song which wasn't even a part of frontier is what they're opening with at their stadium tours so vision quest save journey 
temporarily. Yeah. I mean, I think they still called it quitso on each other, but yeah. They're touring now. I know. Well, yeah. not really. Steve Perry's not touring with them. No, Steve is he? Perry. I don't think Steve he is. Steve Perry. And his voice is not what it once was, which no. is unfortunate, but no. neither is Axl Rose. I'll still go watch him. Um, so yeah, so they, the, you're right. That's one of the songs. The other one I mentioned to you is the Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe. That song, like, it's really, it's really good. It's at the end of the movie, too, yeah. when he's about to go in for the... They tease that song a lot throughout the movie. Yeah. They do that with... Callbacks. Um, yeah. They do it with a ton of the music in there. The Madonna songs, we talked... There's two of them that she sings. Gambler and Crazy For You. You got it. I go, crazy for you. No, it's not the same <laughs> not song, the- but I just like that song, too. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me see what else we got. Sammy Hagar. Uh, I'll Fall In Love Again. Oh, yeah? When him and uh, Carla are getting or amorous. Doing the nasty. Yeah. yeah. that's. Can I say that? I can say that, right? I, so you got Lunatic, Lunatic Fringe when he's jump rope. Hoping, uh, the jogging, not just uh, only the young, but also you've got Change by John Waite. I don't know if you remember that part. There's another song, too, um, when they get on the bus to go to the wrestling meet. It's by Dio. Yeah, Hungry for Heaven. Yep. Mm. Do you know Dio's other song, Holy Diver? <laughs> Holy Diver, you've been gone too long in the midnight wind. Oh, all the, won't you please? All the songs are like that in this movie. I want to get away. <laughs> there's REO Speedwagon, there's Berlin, and Tangerine Dream uh, did the score. And then uh, Foreigner. Yeah. Yeah, Foreigner's got... Uh, Hot-blooded. Yeah. Hot-blooded. <laughs> I got a fever of 103. So that covers the soundtrack, which very is, 80s. Is, is very 80s. But how can you not listen to Only the Young and not yeah. be like just jacked to do anything? Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's great. We should do an episode. I think we did like best intros and best endings. Yeah. But we should specifically do an episode like best sports ending movies. Because there's a lot of like freeze frame, like... Joe Esposito, maybe best sports montage. I don't know. I got to think about that. I got to put a little thought. Let marinate. All right, Max. This movie came out in 1985. The director was Harold Becker. Uh, the Black Marble, The Boost, Sea of Love. I've heard Sea of Love is great. Sea of Love is awesome. Ellen Barkin. Hamina, Hamina. But I skipped over one in particular because you know this is one of my favorites, Taps. Yeah. And this feels like Taps. It does. It's got a Taps feel. Yeah. You know. Great like overall cast and just like more than the material on the page. You got it. Yeah. Uh, it was written by the original novel Terry Davis. Daryl Ponison yep. wrote he wrote Taps, Vision Quest, and School Ties. So he's got this down. He's got this kind of teen angst. He probably had a terrible childhood. For sports, yeah. yeah or military. Yeah. Or yeah. murdering people. Or murdering people. Or hating yeah. Jews. Oh Jesus Christ. Come what? on. Right. Coward! R.I.P. Yeah. I don't know who died, but R.I.P. Brendan Fraser just He's won the Oscar. Great. He's yeah. doing great. Matthew Modine, who plays Loudon Swan. So starts Swain. His- Swan. Swan. <laughs> what are you looking at? Swan. <laughs> Loudon Swain. Thank you, Max. I'll leave that one in for you. He was a gym in private school. Private school is a little gem. A little, little hidden That's gem. That's a PBKs, right? It is, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's so bad. Okay. <laughs> um, so he was Private Joker in Full Metal Jacket, which I always forget. And he's unbelievable in that. He's really funny. He's great. But I'm, and I'm jumping around. I'll give you a couple. Because this goes back to what we were saying about Eric Stoltz and their weird career path. He was the doctor in any given Sunday. Like Ollie he was Powers. Good, he was a good doctor yeah. against, uh, what's his face? Crazy. Crazy McCrazy. James Woods. <laughs> James Woods. He's so crazy. <laughs> but most importantly, he is Dr. Martin Brenner in Stranger Things. He's so He is incredible yeah. in yeah. Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Papa. 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 <laughs> Papa. You are my papa. Oh, man. That is some craziness. Uh, Linda Fiorentino. Yeah. Did I say that right? You did. Because I am ultra nervous about mispronouncing names on the show because yeah. I get taken to task. So she plays Carla. This was one of those moments where maybe no one else in the world thinks that this is a big deal, but my mind was totally blown. This is not a Moe's mind blower, but I totally forgot that this was who played these other roles, and it completely makes sense because she, as Carla, sexy, wonderful actress. That dead voice. She buys you in. 
in. Yeah. And I'm like, God, man, she must be that. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I know exactly what else she's in. Men in Black. Yeah. The Undertaker. She's Laurel. Yeah. When I remember watching that movie and being like, God, she is just like, she's got me. I'm hooked. Like, yeah. She's, what an actress. And then Bethany in Dogma. She's amazing. She's amazing in Dogma. She's Jesus's great, 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 great granddaughter. To the ninth power. You yeah. got it. Michael Schofling, who plays Cooch who we talked about earlier, played also Jake Ryan. He's and great. No, now he makes a uh, custom furniture. Custom furniture. He wanted, to yeah, he wanted to disappear from yeah. the li- He was a model prior to doing any Yeah, of this. GQ model, yeah. and yeah. they're like, you, on you screen. come on screen. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ryan, 16 Candles, and Joe and Mermaids. Have you yeah. seen Mermaids I yet? I haven't yet. Oh, with Cher, it's really yeah. good. And Winona Ryder. Well, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, cool. He, he plays the love interest. He's great in it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to watch that this week. You need to watch it. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, and then we got to our guy, Ronnie, Ronnie Cox. Cox. Loudon's dad, a.k.a. Dick Jones. He's like the the character actor career I would want to have in the 80s. Right? I always, well, I always forget to. I love this part of the show. Like if, if there's anything that's exciting when we do these episodes, the connection I, love, points. I love seeing all. The, so he's great in taps. Uh, he plays the military guy who comes in to try to convince uh, Moreland to, yeah. to stand down. Very and convincing. Not create, yeah, he's great. So he goes from taps as Colonel Kirby to, of course, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, Lieutenant Bogomil. The best. The best. When he got uh, shot, at, that was like the most tragic like shooting of the 80s, right? Oh, for sure. Because you weren't expecting it. Especially not from uh, Flavor Flav's girlfriend. You didn't Brigitte. Think Brigitte yeah. Nielsen. I watched the Rose to Flavor Flav the other day. Oh my they god. Go, they go after her hard. It's yeah. really, really good. I would imagine so. It's really good. <laughs> so then, of course, Max, the incomparable Dick Jones in Robocop. He's so good. I he's was, so evil. And he's also Cohagen yeah. in, in Total Recall. Give him the air. Ah, uh, you have what you want, Cohagen. Now give them the air. <laughs> he's uh he's President Jack Neal in Murder at 1600. Oh my god, you're right. I, yeah. I know I'm right. Oh, I know. <laughs> now here's the big one. You don't know this one. Because we've never talked about it before, and shame on both of us, because we love the show. Do you remember Dexter, who he was in Dexter? No. Season six, he was the Tooth Fairy, the old retired guy, and Dexter found him and hunted him down. He was playing golf with him. I stopped watching after season oh. Trinity Killer was the high point, and then I left. Max, you missed the whole thing with uh, Tom Hanks' son. Oh, wait. No, I didn't. I, I didn't miss that. He was talking to Edward James Olmos, who wasn't there, right? Right. Yeah. So while that was going on, yeah. he detoured over to like a retirement home and found this guy. Remember the guy who used to pull like the incisor tooth out of oh, all of his yeah. victims? That's Dick Jones. Dexter stinks. <laughs> That's Ronnie Cox. Months. Yeah. Shut your mouth. It doesn't stink. <laughs> was the new one? Did you like the new one? Yeah, but I liked it for nostalgic reasons. Yeah, I okay. liked it. Like but I liked it the, I like Bill and Ted's ex- third excellent adventure, but it was hot garbage. I still <laughs> liked it. Uh Harold Sylvester, who plays Mr. Tannerin, and we talked about him last week because we were talking about inner space, but he's inside moves, he's Alvin Martin, an Johnson and gentleman, he's Perryman. Uncommon Valor, he's Johnson. Johnson. Inner inter- <laughs> space, he's Pete Blanchard. Yep. Uh and then this is your guy. So we have to pause on him when we talk about him because I know what you're going to talk about. This is Who? your favorite part of the movie. Uh, JC, Elmo? JC Quinn. Yes. Elmo. Okay. So before you get into your, I know, I know you're yeah. all fired uh, up. Just take a deep breath. Uh, Vision Quest. Then he's in Maximum Overdrive as Duncan. Yep. He's in Turner and Hooch. He's Walter Boyd. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And he's Sonny Dawson in The Abyss. That's really cool. Which I, I, I'd have to go back and look in order to see it. Uh, he was also Waddle in Days of Thunder. And he's Boyd at Close Range, which you haven't seen yet. I have not. Part of Christopher Walken's crew. Max, talk to me about Elmo. So. I mean, I've worked in the hospitality industry my entire life, so it's like I've met probably four or five Elmos. You know, life's a little hard. He's every short order cook. Yeah. Yeah. Tattoos, like, used to be athletic, you can tell. But Drinking like, problem, but with great wisdom. Yeah. He's yeah. got peach schnapps on his, uh, you know, desk. He lives in a one-room, you know, kind of flop house kind of place. But nice guy, cares about Loudon, and the heart of this movie is his six-minute speech, which comes out of nowhere. I'll argue... 
There's not a bigger twist or a bigger unexpected speech in a movie than this because Loudon's nowhere to be found. You're not sure if he's going to make weight. Right, because and, Carla Carla bails. Yep. And Loudon is it just kind of sucks the wind out of his vision quest. And he wants to go talk to his his Miyagi, right? Like essentially Elmo's his Miyagi. Kind of, you don't see it until then though because he's not really taking his advice. Remember he's like eating the burger like all light and he's still beating him in yeah, arm but wrestling. You can, but, Okay, fair enough. Fair no, enough. Maybe Aggie's maybe no, old, that's fair. His older brother. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Much, nope, I agree. Better yeah. way of looking at. It. Much yeah. better way of looking at. It. And y- did you expect him to go to Elmo's place at to that look point? for him? No. no, no. So out of nowhere, he's like, "Hey, I'm dressed up." You know what I mean? Like I took my night off, and they're like Elmo, you don't take a night off. You know? He's like, "Well," and then he goes into this whole speech. The Pele speech. Yeah, it's which, incredible. Which is out of. I mean, like, which you would argue is the single greatest sports speech ever given. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the any given Sunday peaceful into speech, and it's this. I don't. Any given Sunday speech was too much for me. What? It was too much. No. It was too much. I'm not a fan of it. it was but I'm with you on. I'm with you on the Elmo speech. Yeah. You. It's funny. Uh, apparently during any given Sunday, Al Pacino had the speech like cadence all wrong, and Jimmy Fox went up to him. He goes, "You got to pretend that you're these kids' fathers." And then they he nailed the speech. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Fox helped him. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, Elmo was great in this. Uh, or J.C. Quinn was great in this. Yeah, it's just such a great analogy for life. It's like, it's not about, you know. The six minutes. Yeah, it's not about the shortness of what's great. It's about enjoying greatness and just kind of appreciating the moment. And then he says, I mean, he's this rough and tumble guy. And he's like, I start crying. And he didn't care. I think that there's so much to it. That's that's the in-your-face part of it. Yeah. There's a subtlety to it that's really great, too. This is a guy, he's a bum. Yep. And when I say he's a bum, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like- No, life's been hard to him. Yeah, he drinks, he doesn't shave. And when Loudon goes to see him, this is a guy who doesn't take a day off of work. Yeah. And when Loudon goes to see him, he's got little pieces of toilet paper stuck on his face from shaving. <laughs> he does. Because, so because to him, the, 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 the respect that he's showing the magnitude of the situation is I think what lets Loudon see the magnitude of the situation, right? Like, hey, this is a big deal. I'm shaving, I'm cleaning myself up, I'm taking the night off, and it's not because necessarily because I care about you, it's because of how big the situation is. I think that's great. Yeah, and Matthew Modine's uh, reaction, like his click, like his eyes are kind of glazed in tears. I'm just like, I get chills. From that moment on, from this Elmo speech on to the end, I could watch that every day of the rest of my life. Which won't be very long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to outlive you. Probably. You ham sandwich. I do love a ham sandwich. <laughs> nice mutton lettuce tomato sandwich. All right, when good. the mutton is right, really good. lean. I'm sorry. We, no, I'm glad we got out of the emotionalness. Yeah. Ooh. I love the coach too, by the way. Oh, well, we're going to get to him. We're I, about I, to. I got an order. Yeah. We're not ready for him yet. He's next. No, he's not. Who's next? Fourth Daphne Whitaker? Zuninga. Oh. <laughs> Margie. <laughs> Margie Epstein. Or more importantly, Joe from Melrose Place. Yeah. Like there's only one place you need to know her from. Yes, I know she was in another movie with uh, Matthew Modine, but it doesn't matter. There's only one show that matters, and that's Melrose Place. Yeah, 111 episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But she's Princess Vespa in Spaceballs. God, I'm a moron. That's, yeah. that's the only other thing that matters. That's really pretty How could I say the only thing that matters? Yeah. yeah. She's also, she has a Keith Fultz, uh, Keith uh, Schultz, Keith. Who's Eric Stoltz? Eric Stoltz <laughs> connection. Uh, she was in The Fly 2. And uh, The Sure Thing. You've seen The Sure Thing? I have. Yeah. With, with Richard Donner? No. <laughs> Why is Richard Donner the director? Know. dead. It was Superman, right? No, it's a John Cusack, Rob Reiner movie from mouth. the 80s. Mowage. <laughs> She's great. And Forrest Whitaker is Baldozer. I know, but he's, does he have no lines in the movie? One Who line cares? In he's in it. Uh, he is in it. Yeah. Uh, Frank Jasper as Shoot. Let's talk about Shoot. One of the best villain, sports villains of all time because there's nothing really like evil about him. He's just good. He's jacked. Yeah. He's jacked. He's good at what he does. He's angry, and he just wants to win. And it, the log carrying, that's the best intro ever. So did you Gotta learn, make did you learn about this guy? Because I learned about yeah, him. Yeah, he's uh, a real wrestler. Started at 112 pounds as a freshman. So JV wrestler goes off to college. Yep. In co- 
college becomes the manager of the wrestling team and takes on other sports. Like he wasn't like a college wrestler. And when he's out there, a guy on the team says, Hey, they're auditioning for this wrestling movie. You should consider doing it at the time. He was a bodybuilder. Yeah, he was up to 215. 215, 225. He, met, he started at 112. He's at 215. Yeah, well, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. So he's doing God knows what for that. So he also, before he went off to college, he took a job as an iron worker. Yeah. <laughs> Shout so, out to my, my so fiance's tough. dad. Oh, he's an iron worker. That's he was for 30 years. He built Little Caesars Arena. That's, that's, is that uh, anything like Little Caesars Arena? Yes. Uh, too similar? Good. Similar. Little Caesars Arena. Little She's so sweet. So do you know his connection to Van Halen? Oh, I sure do. Okay. <laughs> do you want give to it to me. It? No, give it to me. When Van Halen Ugh. came out with the song Right Now. Yep. It's your tomorrow. Right now. Come on. It's everything <laughs> right now. So there's a music video for that, Max. Yes. And for those listening to the show, I highly recommend that you check it out. Because roughly a quarter of the way through the music video, you see what is supposed to be, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a homeless guy. Hobo. Or a hobo. Holding a cardboard sign that says, Will Wrestle for Food. Amazing. And that is freaking shoot. It is the same actress, Frank Jasper. It's uh, unbelievable. They got him to do that. What a quiet tip of the hat for something that no one would know. Like yeah. I, Nobody saw that and was like, oh, that's from Vision Quest. There's nobody that knew that. No, if we uh, ever make a music video, we're going to get him back. Absolutely. He runs a holistic uh, healing center in California he with does. his wife. He does. Do you know that uh, at the very end of this, when he was auditioning, there's a rumor that he and the other guy auditioning for it had to have like a wrestle off in mm-hmm. order to get the part. That's true. It wasn't like they actually wrestled for points, but yeah. they had to like compete against each other for different moves to get the part. The guy who lost went on to do a bunch of movies, uh, action films, but nothing that you would recognize. Or oh, that's know. cool, though. The, also, when they were done shooting and they had to come back for reshoots, they're like, yeah, so we need you to come back and uh, do this scene. And he's like, oh, well, I gained back all that weight. So he had to like drop weight, come back and gain weight. The one scene where after Loudon loses the match because he's bleeding so much. Yeah. And he's like, you can't hold your blood. You're, you're a bleeder. He actually is wearing that jacket because he had gained most of his weight back and he couldn't lose it in time. So they threw the jacket on him to cover that he was back up to like 210. Yeah, Canadian tuxedo. I li- that's that's how I live my life. Yeah. Close that stretch, Max. <laughs> Close that stretch. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, we're almost done with characters. The coach. I'm getting to the coach. I'm not there yet. Sarge. I skipped the coach. I forgot. Yeah. You were right. He was higher up on my yeah. list. Charles Hallahan. Hallahan. <laughs> he's he's the perfect wrestling coach. Oh, he's also the perfect victim in the 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 thing. He's, yeah. Uh, Nance. What's his name? Vance Norris. Vance Norris. Nance, yeah. Nance Norris. Nancy <laughs> Norris. Uh, he was also Dave in the movie Dave. He was the policeman. He wasn't Dave. He, Dave. In the, he wasn't Dave. No, he wasn't Dave. He was in the movie. God damn it, Max. <laughs> but in the thing. He was Dick Jones. In the thing, he's the head that moves like the spider legs. Yeah, well, he, I had, they had a little like model of him. It wasn't actually his head. No, that was actually his head. They cut it off yeah. and put animatronics in it. That's <laughs> it incredible. incredible, right? The dedication of this guy. James Gammon, Cooch's dad. There's only one role. For him, I will <laughs> say there's one role. Yeah. He's uh, Lou Brown. <laughs> Dorn. Shut up, Dorn. <laughs> Cut the rah-rah shit, Ricky. Give him the eater. He's also in Silverado. He's pretty good. We got ourselves a good team here. <laughs> I love his surprise voice. We might actually be able to compete. He's, I should get a tattoo of him from Major League. You should get a Major League tattoo. You should get Jobu. I've seen some really good Jobu tattoos. It feels racist. It's super racist. Never mind. You're right. Don't get a Jobu tattoo. How about a Wild Thing tattoo? Charlie Sheen's a little inappropriate. A little bit. Yeah. He's got tiger blood. Uh, Robert Blossom. Robert's Blossoms. Do you know what that is? <laughs> His first name is plural. <laughs> According really to IMDb, it's, I know, it's Robert's it Blossom. So he plays uh, Loudon's he played grandpa. Blossom. In Blossom. He played Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. With the hat. Whoa. And the sundresses. Jesus So Christ. iconic. 
What's the song from Blossom? I don't know. They're on a white screen. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> no, no, don't talk about no doo doo. <laughs> don't da 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 da. <laughs> so what was he in? <laughs> so what was he in? He was the grandpa in Home Alone, who apparently mur- murdered his whole family, and then they were wrong, and then went to <laughs> went to church and made everything okay. But that's the same guy. You don't know what I'm talking about. I I kind you. of. Don't you remember how in Home Alone? There's an old man bringing garbage cans. To oh the yeah, curb, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he yeah. like cut his hand. Yeah. At the very end, they have that Got beautiful it. moment in the church. Yep. Same guy. Got it. Same guy. He's also the guy. He's, he's Lou Brown in Major League. No, he's the guy selling the car from Christine. Oh yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. My brother went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a farmer in Close Encounters. And he's Doc Wallace in The Quick and the Dead. You're right. God, he's got a great like shocked great old guy vibe to him. That's you're gonna be that one day. I can't wait. I'd love to live on his little cabin. Sure. And. Hang out okay, with let's just calm down for God's sake. What? Max, that covers all of the actors and actresses that I thought were worth bringing up. Did you have any others I missed? Uh, the heavyweight wrestler guy ended up being Arnold's stunt double in. Oh, you're kidding? No, I'm just making stuff. Okay. Up. God, I wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. I just hate when you do that. It's your like longest running <laughs> gag, and it's like not funny, and then you laugh at it, and then we have to do it every week. <laughs> Max Sanders. Want to blow your nose since you're all nasally? You got tissues right there. Sure. What do you want to see? No, we'll leave it on. Let the people hear. Oh, God. That's have, so good. Have you considered taking a decongestant? Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> like, is it a suppository? Yes. I'll take it if it's a suppository. <laughs> well, you just follow Max around with suppositories. Lady, he's putting my kids through college. I've never stuck anything up there. Don't tend, don't tend to. Max, anything else? Spotlight. <laughs> right now. Do you really have nothing else? No. Seems anticlimactic. Oh, this movie rules. This. And the six minute speech, if you ever feel like having a bad day, watch it and you'll just get pumped up. Great movie. Yeah. Great episode. We did it. We talked Vision Quest. It is now time for us to slide on over to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is, is a special one. It is. I surprised you with it. Born in 1835. How quiet. <laughs> he looks younger than you do. I know. He's got Benjamin Button disease. I'm telling you. He's got the, he's got skin tight as leather. It's incredible. <laughs> I have uh, I've known Will. Uh, I'm 44, and I met Will when I was 18. So that means I've known Will for 26 years. Yeah, I've known him since I was 21. Jesus Christ, that's wild. Yeah. Will is the bartender extraordinaire at the bar that keeps score in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, but he's quite a bit more than a bartender. He is a general sage. He is, if you took all of the degenerateness out of Elmo from this movie, he's basically Will. He's wise. He, he is wise behind his Behind, behind, behind his years. And uh, I, I'm surprised that you got Will to offer to do this and come on the show. And yeah, do That's I just kind of mentioned it in passing and he's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, Will, wait, by the way, I just realized because I was reading your notes and I forgot that Will's last name is Mays. Yep. How have I never made the joke from Major League regarding Will? No idea. Willie Mays Hayes. I hit like Mays. I run like Hayes. Yeah. So that's who we got. Not actually Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. But or Omar Epps. Pretty much the second best thing. Yeah. I would argue. No yeah. no tax issues that I'm aware of. <laughs> so let's see what Will had to say about Vision Quest. Thoughts on Vision Quest. Um, definitely an interesting wrestling movie, provocative in many ways, a coming of age story. But I tell you what struck me the most about it was the soundtrack. I thought it was 
you know, a great, great soundtrack. Tangerine Dream is just known for outstanding soundtracks and music. And that's the most memorable thing for me out of that. Also, a, a nice, clean high school tale of a boy trying to become a man and Matthew Modine uh, before his seminal role in Full Metal Jacket. I enjoyed it. Um, hadn't seen it for decades. But definitely those are the most memorable things that I, that I remember from it. And um, I think it's definitely worth worth viewing and if everybody wants to see a wrestling movie because there's not a lot of wrestling movies this is definitely a movie to observe and um if you like good classic music with soundtrack um you can't go wrong with this either thank you for listening have a great day it's good to hear his voice it is uh he's right and the soundtrack is a absolute banger and then i i do think imagine you grow up and you're totally into wrestling like this is the only wrestling movie out there which is weird to think about i mean there's a fox catcher but that's very dark yeah like, that's yeah. not, like, a happy wrestling no, movie. not so much. You think there'd be something, because, like, the whole culture is, like, it's fascinating. It's like bodybuilding. It's fascinating to watch these people, like, torching themselves. But think about it, right? Like, how many volleyball movies are there? Oh, yeah, that's true. How right? many How many women's basketball movies are there? So, I mean, you Love get... Love basketball. Women? Isn't, aren't they, like, a couple? And, like, oh, it's, like, know. they both play basketball? It. But, like, do you understand my point? Yeah, yeah, Like, outside of boxing, football, baseball, even soccer. Soccer's only got, like, one or two. Ben did, like, Beckham. Yeah. Victory. Yeah. Will, excellent feedback and points that you provided us. Thank you for coming on the show. Max, make sure we get Will something nice. Dig, I will. dig deep into, the, into the treasure drawer. A pen. A pin? Yeah. You give him a pen? What a is pen with a Say pen anything? Give him a nice pen. <laughs> Tell him that he's never coming back on the show again and give him a pen. And then I embezzled and my daughter's going to jail. Yeah, that's great. Max, that wraps up the show. I'd like to remind everyone who enjoyed the last uh, hour, hour and a half, 45 minutes, depending on how much I cut out of what you say, <laughs> that they can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast player. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Follow us on social media at Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Go to our Patreon. Join the crew, the co-pilots, the real heart behind the show additionally you can go to our website at buzzinthetower.com and pick up officially licensed merchandise max that covers everything that i need to cover how do you want to end i know how i'm ending 100 percent how i'm ending i got one for you if Ready? you steal how i end i will murder you okay and leave you to die bleed you it's real slow <laughs> leave you to die all right ready hey mo i do it all again so would I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. steal it? That was really good. No, you didn't steal okay. it. That's really good. Okay. I am going to, as usual, throw in some soundtrack behind this and read us off with this little ditty. <laughs> the I think a lot about those six minutes of shoot time I spent with Carla that season. Cooch had it right. It was a vision quest. But all I ever settled for was that we're born to live and then to die. We got to do it alone, each day, each in his own way. And I guess that's where we got to love those people who deserve it like there's no tomorrow. Because when you get right down to it, there isn't. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.